Welcome to the weekly podcast channel for the Wilmington Church of Christ. We hope that this channel inspires and encourages you to take the gospel to all people, transforms hearts to be like Christ, and trains disciples to make disciples. For more information about our church, please go to wcconline.org. Enjoy the message. Last week when we started uh, this sermon series, we talked about in Acts chapter 2, where it says the early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. That word devoted means they were attached to it. They couldn't help but do it, and they loved doing it. The apostles' teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. And so we're going to break it down today, and we're just going to go over the apostles' teaching. So uh, sit back and relax, because the apostles' teaching is the entire New Testament, the Gospels, uh, and then the history gives the teaching in Acts uh, and their example, and then the rest of the letters are the apostles' teaching, and Revelation is the apostles' teaching, and they were really, really, really familiar with the Old Testament, so that is also the apostles' teaching. So we're just going to cover the whole Bible. Um, we're going to have to take some breaks. No, I narrowed it down. That's probably too much. So then uh, I narrowed it down. What if we just took the book of Acts? Because the book of Acts is the apostles' teaching. And Luke has this great way of dividing up the apostles' teaching into seven sections. Where, uh, and, and the reason why I say divided up in those seven sections is because he has seven places where he says, and this is what God continued to do based on what he wanted to do and based on what the apostles were doing. But that's a lot as well. What if we just took one apostle the Apostle Peter, and just took his teaching. I'm of the opinion that Peter probably uh, was who Mark got his gospel from, so we got to cover the gospel of Mark, and then we have to cover everything Peter says in Acts, and then we have to cover his writings, his letters too. Well, that's a lot still. The Apostles' teaching is a lot. We have to narrow it down for our Sunday morning. The church was devoted to the Apostles' teaching. We can't give you today, in, a, in just a couple-minute sermon, we can't give you the entirety of the apostles' teaching, but we can narrow it down to the focus of the apostles' teaching, and that is Jesus. And we are going to narrow it down to Peter, one of Jesus' best friends, an apostle. Uh, we're going to narrow it down to what he taught in the very first speech he gave in Acts chapter 2. This is the apostles' teaching. So we're not going to go very far, we're not going to spend forever, and we're not going to cover everything the apostles taught, but we are going to look at the apostles' teaching. Remember, the early church was devoted to the apostles' teaching, and later on, in many different passages of Scripture, we have a repeated command to continue to obey what the apostles taught, so we know that their devotion is not just a prescription I mean, not just a description of what they were going through, but also a prescription. We should also be ourselves devoted to the apostles' teaching. Peter, the apostle, he was teaching for the apostles, and he, we're going to look at his teaching, and he focused on Jesus. We need to be devoted to that, of that particular spot in the apostles' teaching, we need to be devoted to focusing our attention on Jesus. And if you'll turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, we're going to look at how Jesus was talking about and telling the people about Jesus. You know, from Genesis chapter 3 
verse 15, where God declares that he is going to, and he makes a prophecy about going to send a Messiah all the way through the Old Testament. It was pointing to this Messiah that God was going to send, the Savior that was going to come into the world. And Peter, when he starts in Acts chapter 2, and he is talking to people who are familiar with the Old Testament, he begins with, the time has come. When his focus and the apostles' focus is on Jesus, when their attention is on Jesus, there's an urgency into what they teach that the time is now. Jesus is now. The time has come. And when Peter begins talking in Acts chapter 2, and all the people are confused at what's going on, he says in verse 17, remember what the prophet says. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter is telling us, and this is part of the apostles' teaching, the time is now. These are the last days. There's no more urgent message in all of the world than right now, Jesus, right now. And you too can be saved. This was the apostles' teaching. This is what the first church devoted themselves to. Even when they were gathered together and after they became in the church and got in Jesus, they continued to devote themselves to telling each other about Jesus and his, his timing is now. I love um, John Byrice. I heard, heard this story from Bev. He, he's a member of our church and he was just in the emergency room. And and uh, Bev bragged, his wife ba- bragged on him to me. She said, Dale, the nurse came in and she was talking to him. And after he got all sorted, he started talking about Jesus with her. And she said, well, I am a believer and I just am not really connected anywhere. And see, it's just like Peter. The time is now. He started with what the people knew. He was talking to a bunch of people who were very familiar with Old Testament, and they were very familiar looking for this Savior that God was going to send. So he started with what they knew, and he told them what they didn't know. And he was saying, the time is now. John, while he was in the emergency room, he started with what the nurse knew. She was a believer, but she wasn't connected. So then he told her what she didn't know. You need to be connected to a church. You can come to ours. We start with what people know, and then we tell them what they don't know. And the time is now. And this is what the first church was devoted to. God has made salvation possible for everyone in Jesus Christ. That's what he says there. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then he moves into this idea about God coming to be with us in verse 22 and 23. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. They saw it. They were there. They were around the community. They had been witness to Jesus performing miracles, or they heard it firsthand account. We saw this prophet do miracles. Verse 23, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. 
When we talk about Jesus and we're following the apostles' teaching, we need to focus on Jesus. We need to say the time is now. We're in the end time. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And there is salvation. God sent Jesus. And then we need to talk about the death that Jesus experienced on the cross. We need to get to the death part. This bad news is what's going to lead to the good news. Death was not the end. And then we immediately get to spring into the resurrection. And that's what Peter did. Verse 24, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Death was not the end. A friend of mine is very angry, and she's angry all the time. This is not a joke. This is very serious. I know it sounds like I'm starting a joke, doesn't it? My friend has no grace because she's received no grace, so she gives no grace. Or she's received grace, she just doesn't recognize it. She's angry, she's bitter. She's a, a person, you've experienced this type of person, there's a person who is always the victim and everybody else is at fault for what the problems that she's experiencing. And she's so scared for the safety of her children. They've got some health problems. They've battled COVID. My friend doesn't know Jesus. My friend has no grace because she has not received the grace of Jesus. Or she doesn't realize that that's available. And when I've gone to approach my friend about Jesus, she does not want to hear that from me. But when I look at what the apostles teach, and when Peter says, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him, this is something we got to keep teaching each other and we need to teach my friend. She's so concerned about the safety of her family because if they die under her belief system, that's it. They're doomed. There is nothing else. That's a very bleak and hopeless existence. She needs so desperately to hear that death is not the end. She needs so desperately to hear that because Jesus was raised from the dead, that she can experience eternal life and her daughter can experience eternal life and she can even have that eternal life now because of the proof of who Jesus is and what he accomplished. She needs to hear that one day God has promised because of the victory of his son that he will kill death once and for all. We need to hear this too because so many of us are walking around scared and we're experiencing death maybe like we've never experienced in our lifetime. We're kind of getting numb to it. And thank God, COVID deaths have begun to plummet. Just this last week, there's this huge drop-off, not only in the United States, but in the world, wherever they've been having trouble with COVID, there's a drop-off in deaths Thank God. And yet still, 15,000 people died last week because of COVID. That's a lot of death. And that's around us. Some of you have experienced it in your families or your friends. And we need to hear and teach each other, God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. We can be free from the agony of death as well. My friend needs to hear it. Unfortunately, my friend needs to hear it from somebody other than me. 
So we pray, raise up the workers, that they will go. The harvest is plentiful. We pray for our friends to learn and hear about Jesus. We pray for our friends and families to be surrounded by people that will tell them about Jesus, that will reveal Jesus to them, just like the apostles taught. See, the apostles taught that they have to tell other people about Jesus. And they taught the first church, tell other people about Jesus. And then when the church was scattered, they told other people about Jesus. And then they gave the example, tell other people about Jesus. All through Acts are examples of the apostles telling other people about Jesus. We need to focus on him. We need to say, it's urgent that you hear this right now, but I gotta tell you, God sent his Savior. He died, and through a miraculous resurrection. Three days later, he was raised from the dead to prove not only that he was God, not only that he was true, that he never committed a sin, not only is it true that he defeated Satan, not only is it true that he can give us life so that we can defeat sin too, not only is it true, but he is going to kill death one day. And we no longer have to be fearful of death. My friend needs to hear that so bad. I wonder if a lot of her anger and a lot of her bitterness and a lot of her seems like hatred is just a reaction to the fear she has of death because she has no hope otherwise. We need to be telling this. We got to teach this. The first church was devoted to talking about this. Are the apostles teaching? This is what Peter taught. Peter says in Acts chapter 4, there's no other name by which you can be saved except Jesus Christ. And God really can save. Verse 24 through 28, he continues, God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And then he continues, God will give you, verse 28, the pass of light. You will fill me with joy in your presence. He's talking about life that we can have, that God can really save. And I love how he says in verse 30, David was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of dead, nor did his body see to de decay. God raised this Jesus to life and we are all witnesses of it. Luke uses the term salvation and saved more than any other author. He uses that term witness more than any other author. This idea that they saw it, they saw this one event in history that changed their life, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and they had to share it with as many people as they could. They were witness to that event. And then they taught the first church, you have to be witnesses in our place. And down through the centuries, it has been passed down. This, this eyewitness account has been passed down and passed down and passed down. And that is why we are saved today, because someone shared with us the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as the apostles taught this, this is what the apostles taught, and this is what Peter taught. We are witnesses of this. And as Christ followers, we have to make this known, especially to one another. I love, the, I love the picture God gives us of the first church where he says in Acts 2, 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, breaking of bread, excuse me, fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. And then he kind of describes how they did it. The apostles had these signs and wonders that people believed. They, they loved on each other and they shared whatever they had, the, the love and people believed. And, uh, 
they had favor and God added to their number. But that's not where Acts stops. The apostles did teach us to love one another. The apostles taught us to love the church. That means we encourage one another. That means that we pray for one another. That means we call on one another. And if you're in a small group or a Sunday school, you should be checking on each other. That's the church. And he did, the apostles did teach us to love one another, but that's not where it stopped. He said, love one another and tell about Jesus. Problem is, sometimes as a church, we fail in one or the other, or we fail in both. But that doesn't remove our responsibility Sometimes we fail in telling others about Jesus, but we have the responsibility to say it's urgent, God sent a Savior, and He will save you. It's available to you. And sometimes we fail on loving on each other, and we don't check on each other like we should. And we don't look for each other's needs like we should. But that doesn't remove the responsibility to love on each other. And sometimes we get the love right, and we don't get the telling right. And sometimes we get the telling right, but we don't get the love right. But they're both responsibilities of the church. And the apostles taught this over and over again. And then they showed it by example over and over again. I love later in Acts chapter 6 when the apostles are teaching and the church is running into a love problem. See, this great experiment that God has, this social experiment, is the hardest thing anybody's ever tried to do. God said to this early church, I want you to take some Jews that speak Hebrews and, uh, and some Jews that speak Greek and I want you to get together and have unity and love one another. And they had problems with that. The Jews that spoke Greek weren't getting, the widows weren't getting food like the Jews who spoke Hebrew were. And so the apostles taught, hey, we don't need to stop loving each other. We've got to continue teaching the word, ministering the word in prayer, but we can't stop loving each other. So they appointed people to take food to the Greek widows so they would be loved on. And the apostles continued to teach the word, the ministry of the word and prayer. They continued to tell people about Jesus. We have this responsibility to love and to teach. In fact, Peter, later in chapter 10, he says these words, Jesus commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The apostles taught, love and tell others. Where do you need to work on yours? Are you good at loving but not good at telling? Are you good at telling, but not good at loving? Well, raise that standard or make it possible for other people to do it. We're commanded to do both. This is the apostle's teaching. The first church was devoted to it. And so when the church was persecuted in Acts chapter 7, and they had to spread out all over the nations, the very first thing Luke tells us about is one of those church members going to tell somebody about Jesus. They were building communities of love and building communities where they told about the urgency and the death and resurrection of Jesus everywhere they went. This is the apostles' teaching. This is the emphasis. And Peter continues. He continues in Acts chapter 2, verse 33. I, I think we can't miss this part either when we talk about Jesus. Verse 33, and I also want to read 36. I'll start with 32. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Verse 33, exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. 
we have to talk about how Jesus was exalted to the right hand of the Father. He is the King, and He rules over everything. Because when we talk about that, we also get to mention He's coming back someday. And right now it's urgent because we need his salvation. We need that grace that only he can give. We need the forgiveness that only he can give. Uh, the scripture, we end up with words like redemption and salvation and, and sanctification. We end up with all these words. And we need to talk about all those things. But we need to talk about how Jesus is going to come back. He's exalted the right hand. He is ruling. And when the time is right, just like it's urgent now, it will be urgent then that you had already decided on Jesus. Because when Jesus comes back, it's no longer going to be in the grace and love that he came the first time. It's going to be in judgment. And those who are in Jesus will be taken home, and those who are not in Jesus will be sent to hell. This is urgent. We have to talk about this. This is the apostles' teaching. And we need to go for a response. Peter stood up before them. He started with where they were and what they knew, and he told them what they didn't know. He talked about how urgent he was, and he told them about Jesus the Messiah. They had killed him. They were witnesses to his death. They, he had, Jesus had raised from the dead. They were witnesses to the resurrection. Jesus had ascended into heaven, and Peter and the other apostles, they had seen Jesus ascend into heaven. And they were told, Jesus is going to come back the same way he left. And then Peter went for a response. This is so key. We need to be seeking responses. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? They believed. That question, what should we do, is their confession of faith. And Peter gave them the response they should make. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the apostles' teaching. This is what the church was devoted to. They had experienced it firsthand. Now, if you're in Christ and we talk about Jesus, he has given us a response to make. When we gather together, we're supposed to respond by breaking of bread by having communion together. It is the picture of this urgent message that Jesus Christ has died and risen again. He's told us the response to make. If you're not in Jesus, Peter has also given you a response. If you believe, you need to repent and be baptized. The response is clear. If you're home and you're watching this and you just stumbled on this, see, the people who are gathered in this room, most likely they have heard this message before because that's why, why they are here. Most likely they are fellowshipping with other believers and they're being encouraged by singing and the teaching and they're being encouraged by being around each other. They're being encouraged by serving one another. But if you've stumbled upon this message for some reason online, Jesus has given you a response to make too. Fill out a connection card. That's not actually what Jesus said. But that's what you can do to let us know that you're ready to take the next best step in Jesus. 
On that connection card, it offers, do you want to talk to a minister? Do you want to be baptized? Do you want to commit your life to Christ? Listen, if you're in this room and you have never heard that you need to respond to Jesus, it's urgent. And God has sent the Messiah to save you. Our sins put him on the cross and he died so that we can have life. And then to prove it was all true, God raised him from the dead. And he promises he will defeat sin in our life. He has defeated Satan. And one day, he will kill death and allow us to live forever with him. You need to respond to that if you're in this room. Would you respond with me if you're a baptized believer? Would you respond by going to communion right now together? Would you get out your cup and your bread? And don't, don't take the bread yet. Let's all take it together. Let's all participate in the bread together. And let's take a moment to consider why Jesus told us to respond this way. He told us that the reason why his body was put to death on the cross he told us this through the apostles' teaching. It was to save us from our sins. His body, broken on the cross, killed for us, was the penalty we deserved, but he paid in our place. The scripture tells us through the apostles' teaching that when we come to this moment and we're responding by participating in communion, we need to examine our hearts. We need to examine our lifestyle. We need to examine our imaginations. We need to examine where we go, what we do, what we say. And we need to check it against the perfection of Jesus Christ. When we examine that way, we will find that we have fallen short of the glory of God. We have fallen short of the perfection He requires. And we have re fallen short of loving each other like we are supposed to love. But the bread reminds us we're forgiven. Would you examine your hearts? And then in just a couple of seconds, I'll tell us to take the bread together. Lord, we know we have fallen short in so many ways. And we're so thankful that we have this tangible reminder that we can be forgiven, that we live in forgiveness. Thank you for allowing your body to pay the penalty for my body's sins. Would you participate in the bread? And would you open your cup? And would you remember that his blood was poured out for you he intentionally allowed his blood to be shed. Spiritually, all of our sins are covered over by his blood. The scripture says when we participate in the cup, Jesus said this is the covenant of the, the new covenant poured out in my blood. Scripture says when we participate in the cup, we are participating in that blood. Would you remind yourself that you're forgiven by participating in the cup? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this reminder. This reminder in picture and this reminder in taste of the apostles' teaching. 
I thank you that you gave this to us. I thank you for the message of Peter in Acts chapter 2 and then in continuing and in the continuing chapters of Acts where he gave that message again and again and where he gave the example of not only loving people but also sharing the gospel. Thank you for that example. Help us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I also want to give you another way to respond today. Sitting next to you is a Christian, is a Christ follower, not too far. Maybe right next to you, maybe in a row behind you, maybe in a row beside you, maybe in a table beside you. And we're all called to love on each other. And I know, I just, I don't know this. I feel like there are people in here that need other Christians to pray for them today. Just to help carry each other's burdens. So if you wouldn't mind, if you would allow us just a time to pray for one another. And here's, here's the problem. We're going to have to move in our seats a little bit to go pray for somebody. Because I'm going to say, if you need prayer, will you just raise your hand? And if you're a Christ follower in here... Just go over and pray with them. Just go, put your hand on their shoulder, keep your mask on, and say, what can I pray for you? And just say a prayer for them. I know, it, I know it's scary, but this is what we do as a community of believers. And if you don't want anybody to pray for you, don't raise your hand. And if you feel really uncomfortable going to pray for somebody, well, just sit there and pray for them in your seat. But if you can be bold like the apostles' teaching. And you go over and sit next to somebody and pray for them when they have their hand raised. This is how we can love one another. So just for a couple of minutes, if you need prayer today, will you raise your hand? And if you see somebody's hand up, will you go pray for that person? Who needs prayer today? You can just stay in your seat and raise your hand. There's one over here who needs prayer. Anybody else need prayer? We have one person in this room that needs prayer. Somebody right back there needs prayer. Anybody want to go pray with him? It may be because you're scared, but I cannot believe that nobody else needs anybody to pray for them. I think we have a long way to go to being vulnerable and asking for prayer. If you're at home and you're watching online, send in a connection card, we'll pray for you. We do a prayer meeting on Tuesday morning on Zoom on Facebook at 6 a.m. We have people that ask for prayers all during the day. We'll pray for you. This would be a good time to mention again. If you have just heard this message about you have to respond to Jesus, respond. Come find me right after church. I'll be right at the exit door on your way out, and you can let me know if you'd like to take your next best step in Jesus. If you don't mind, I'll pray for all of us, and then we'll be dismissed but know that we're being dismissed to go obey and be devoted to the apostles' teaching. Love one another and share Jesus with each other and with people who haven't heard it yet. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the apostles' teaching. It is so humbling and challenging to obey it. It is so humbling and challenging because we have not done it correctly for so long. Because we have taught things that are missing in Scripture, or we have missed on teaching all of Scripture. Lord, would you help us to be devoted to the apostles' teaching?
Would you give us the courage and the energy and the enthusiasm because we love Jesus so much? And Lord, would you help us remember how to love one another in prayer? I know it's not the Sunday we're going to talk about that, but Lord, we gotta, we got to grow this way. I thank you for the apostle teaching. Would you give us uh, the energy and the encouragement to go out and share that teaching with others? It's in his name that we pray. Amen. If this message has inspired you or encouraged you, we would love if you shared it with a friend. To help support ministries like this one, go to wcconline.org slash donate.